As I was walking on London Street one misty morning early, I heard a fair young maiden cry, Lord save me the life of Georgie. Well, salutations, tigers. Uh, welcome to the third episode of GDT3K, Gothic Dreadful Theater 3000, an almost brand new podcast in which twice a month we take the campiest, juiciest, most melodramatic stories in the history of the universe and give them the full Mystery Science Theater 3000 treatment. Today, as usual, I'm joined by community journalist, Monty Python original gangster fan, and um, Hermione Granger... Actually, that was supposed to be original gangster um, Monty Python fan. And I think if you say original gangster, you're a big dork, right? You're supposed to just say OG. Isn't that how that works? Yeah. It's I, I think like I'm so. a big dork for it's, doing all of these things, so it doesn't really matter at this point. It's kind of like spelling MC with an E and an M and a C and an E and an E. It's just like, uh, dude. Yeah. Okay. Um, back up. <laughs> OG Monty Python fan and Hermione Granger wannabe Jennifer Moody. And by Christopher Jerome, author and owner of Dark Tidings Press and senior diplomat in the Corps of Diplomats at Yugoth Embassy, Ooh. I am Finn Very J.D. John. Yes, indeed. Um, big salary, too, I understand. <laughs> My head uh, is in a jar, but... <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I am Finn J.D. John. I am the principal creative and chief audiobook narrator for Pulp Lit Productions we are about to tuck into chapters five, six, and seven of the original gangster. Speaking oh, of OG, ah, we didn't vote OG. Somebody didn't, uh, yes. <laughs> Somebody we did not didn't copy update edit this, this. Because we're actually, yeah, no, we didn't and copy it also five. This. It isn't five, six, and seven either. Where, where, where are we? So what chapters are we on this? this well, I'm uh, trying to remember. 12, 13, and 14, I Okay, so think. that's where we are, uh, yeah. Mouseketeers. Yeah, anyway, this, this, it is the... It is the Penny Dreadful Varney the Vampire or the Face of Blood by James Malcolm Reimer. As you listen, you'll notice we're playing the actual audiobook narration of the chapters in the left channel, and on the right you'll hear us making sarcastic wisecracks about it. That way, if we get on your nerves, you can just pan over to the full left and enjoy the story, or turn us down. Or up. Hopefully up. I actually put a little bit of us into the other channel, too, just just because, you know, you shouldn't be able to get rid of us that easy. You can't wash us out. Yeah, no. But, well, okay, so let's get this party started, shall we? I'm going to push the big green button, and theoretically, that will start this show. Chapter 8. Oh, yeah. The coffin. Wait, that's what? chapter eight. Of the dead. I was right. The mysterious circumstance and the consternation of George. No, I think I. Uh, I think I'm. They wait. were all One, silent two, three, for a four. few moments as they looked around them with natural Six, feelings seven. of curiosity. Yeah, this two is right. This is right. Had, of course. All right, forget what I said before. I want an official apology. Brothers, although they had descended into it upon the occasion nearly a year before of their father being placed in, uh, okay. still looked upon it with almost as curious eyes as they who now had their first sight of it. Okay, they're in the, the vault, vault, right? They're, right. they're getting ready to right. rob forget the grave. Forget what we said before. We're on chapter eight. Mind, we are curious robbing the grave. Are sure to come over him. Upon standing in such a place, where he knows around him lie, in the calmness of death, those in whose veins have flowed kindred blood to him, who bore the same name, and who preceded him in the brief drama of his existence, influencing his destiny and his position in life, probably largely by their actions, compounded of their virtues and their vices." Henry Bannerworth and his brother George were just the sort of persons to feel strongly such right. sensations. Uh... Both were reflective, imaginative, educated young men, and as the light from the wax candle flashed upon their faces, it was evident how the monitor's levels are kind of weird here. They were placed. Chillingworth and Marchdale were silent. Okay. They both knew what was passing in the minds of the brothers, and they had too much delicacy to interrupt a train of thought which, although from having no affinity with the dead who lay around, they could not share in, they yet respected. Henry, at length, with a sudden That's better. seemed to recover himself from his reverie. Oh, oh, this is a time for action, George, he said, and not for romantic thought. Let us proceed. Yeah, definitely not romantic thought. Yes. Yeah, no. Yes. I'd be really worried about them if it's romantic thought time. Toward the center of the, the graves, the graves of, or no, the tombs of fine and, and fine and private place. place. Yes. Yes. Oh, but not, I think, to their embrace. Which is the one we seek? 
I think we hmm. may. I hope there's no illustrations to go with Eeny, that. Meeny, miny, moe. race, I know, were made from marble and others of metal. <laughs> Look Both for the one named after the dog. I expect <laughs> would withstand the encroaches of time for a hundred years at least. Let us examine, said George. Yes. There were shelves or niches built into the walls all around on which the coffins were placed, so that there could not be much difficulty in a minute examination of them all, the one after the other. When, however, they came to look, they found that Decay's offensive fingers had been more... Oh, Decay's offensive fingers. Oh, I like that. I'm going to do that. We're drinking for that. The coffins crumbled into dust before their very fingers. In the first some wild cases, card. The inscriptions yes. were quite illegible, and in others, the plates that had borne them had fallen to the floor of the vault so that it was impossible to say to which coffin they belonged. Of course, the more recent and fresh looking coffins they did not examine, because they could not have anything to do with the object of that melancholy visit. No. Wouldn't it be fun if they had a whole gang of them? (laughs) (laughs) Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. 1790s. Psych, I'm in a new coffin, dudes. (laughs) Here is a coffin plate, said Marchdale, taking one from the floor. He handed it to Mr. Chillingworth, who, upon an inspection of it closer to the light, exclaimed, It must have belonged to the coffin you seek. What says Ah. it? Ye mortal remain of Marmaduke Bannerworth Yeoman. God rest his soul, A.D. 1640. His Marmaduke now. It is the plate See? belonging to yes. his coffin. The dog's name was Indiana. Yes. Is fruitless. <laughs> it is so indeed, exclaimed George. For how can we tell to which of the coffins that have lost the plates this one really belongs? Mm. I should not be Sneaky so hopeless, vampire. said Marchdale. I don't know which have coffins have bodies time, in them. The pursuit of antiquarian lore, of which I was once fond, oh entered many vaults, and I have always well, observed that an inner coffin of metal was Mr. found Chillingworth. in the while the outer one of wood had rotted away. And <laughs> He's got a kind of a dark secret past well, here upon it. The uh, Tales from the Crypt I read the other night, the the doctor professor is supposed to provide his own cadavers, so maybe Chillingsworth had to do the same. Oh, yeah, he's probably probably like a resurrection man. He's like, yeah, I paid my way through medical school. (laughs) (laughs) Digging bodies out of tombs, said Mr. Chillingsworth. He can't afford Igor. I never thought of that. If your ancestor was buried in a leaden coffin... There will be no difficulty in finding which it is. Maybe a little difficulty lifting it. Light, <laughs> and proceeding to one of the coffins, which seemed to be a mass of decay, he pulled away some of the rock. You can fit it in a flat rate box, though. Exclaimed, yeah, flat rate. Right. They'll ship it. There was a firm, strong leaden coffin within, which, although quite black, does not appear otherwise to have suffered. What yeah. is the inscription on that? Said George. With difficulty, the name on the lid was deciphered, but it was found not to be the coffin of him whom they sought. Oh, I know what make the problem is this, here, said Marchdale, by only examining those leaden coffins which have lost the plates from off their outer cases. There do not appear to be many in such a state. Uh, he then, with is that working? Light, no, yep. that's well, I've only got one here now. Henry is that the idea? Carried, commenced actively assisting in me. the search, which was carried on silently for more than ten minutes. Yeah, the problem Suddenly, is Mr. That, Marchdale yeah, cried. I'll explain it when we're off the air. I have found it. It is here. Ah! They all immediately surrounded the spot where he was, and then he pointed to the lid of a coffin, which he had been rubbing with his handkerchief in order to make the inscription more legible, and said, See, it is here. By the combined light of the candles, they saw the words, Marmaduke Bannerworth, Yeoman, 1640. Yeoman. Yes, there can be no mistake here, said Henry. This is the coffin, and it shall be opened. When were the witch trials again? The iron crowbar here, mm. said Marchdale. It is an old friend of Close mine, and I am accustomed to the use of it. Shall I mm. open the coffin? <laughs> Do so. The crowbar so, is his old friend. Henry. Oh yes, he spends a lot of time with that crowbar. <laughs> around yeah. Silence while Mr. Well, Mr. Chillingworth is, is the experienced grave robber here. Right. He's, he's got the special matches that he can use red. to see. He's it was knows where all the, the labels are. He metal <laughs> in consequence of the damps of that place that made it easier to open. It was probably the partial rotting of Not the metal. That, that's in probably it. Of the damps oh, of that that's an error in that. That made it easier to that's open. That's an error the in the uh, audiobook file. Would have been, but certain it was that the top came away 
Remarkably I missed easily. it. What happened? Remarkably Almost easy. as if. So easily did it come <laughs> off that another supposition might have been hazard, namely that it had never been effectively fastened. Uh, da, da. Or maybe that it was open regularly. <laughs> it was locked from the inside. Present, <laughs> yes. And it would indeed be quite safe to assert that all the world was for the time forgotten in the absorbing interest which appertained to the you affair like, which was Like in John progress. Carter's tombs. The house. were now both <laughs> Held by Mr. Chillingworth, and they were so held as to cast a full and clear light upon the coffin. Now the lid slid off, and Henry eagerly gazed into the interior. And his face melted. There lay something <laughs> certainly like, there, yes. and inaudible. Thank God, Look away. Escaped his lips. What's the music the from the um, uh, exclaimed George. Indiana Jones? We All need right. to play that right yeah. March day. Bring it there up it on the um, on the soundboard. What else can it be? That's the, the Ark of the Covenant, said Mr. Chillingworth. Hold the lights, some of you. Let us be quite certain. George took the lights, and Mr. Chillingworth, without any hesitation, dipped his hands at once into the so coffin. The seasoned and grave robber. Fragments of rag, which were there. Hmm. They were so rotten that they fell to pieces. It's Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Where is he? There oh, hello a there. Pause for some few moments. No, it's Jesus. I swear, he just cut his head off. Where is he? Not the least vestige of a body here. Wait, not the least vestige of a body here. Deep groan as he said. Mr. Chillingworth, I feel like deep groans are another thing. That we... that no All right, deep groan. I like it. Process of decomposition in this coffin. To answer your question exactly, as probably in your hurry you have worded it, said Mr. Chillingworth, I cannot take it upon myself to say any such thing, but this I can say, namely that in this coffin there are no animal remains, and that it is quite impossible that any corpse enclosed in here could in any lapse of time have so utterly and entirely disappeared. Come I am hmm. answered, said Henry. No souvenirs. Sorry, dude. Look at a good god. That's yours. Oh. Added another damning <laughs> proof to right? those we yep, have already on our minds of one of the most Alas, poor Marmaduke. We knew him well. Conceived. <laughs> it would seem so, said Marchdale sadly. Oh, that I were dead. This is terrible. God, you will be soon, George. Yes. Oh, if I were but dead and so spare the torture of supposing such things possible. I guess, except we're just noting that it doesn't necessarily work that way. Right. (laughs) If I were to think for the remainder of my existence, he replied, I could come to no other conclusion. It is not a matter of opinion. It is a matter of fact. You are positive, then, said Henry. That the dead body of Marmaduke Bannerworth has not rested here. I'm going to map over a little bit more of Look for our yourself. ears. The lead is but slightly discolored. It looks tolerably clean and fresh. There is not a vestige of putrefaction. No bones, no dust. Just to try and get it so we they can hear ourselves. For themselves okay. And the most casual. Oh, there I am. Yeah. To satisfy the most yeah, skeptical. Our our All our system over, is only listening to the left Let channel. Leave this so place, and all I can ask gotcha. you, my friends, is to lock this dreadful secret deep in your own hearts. Don't tell him. Don't tell mother. Don't tell Flora. Don't tell mom. Lock it. She'll faint. Yes, she will. She totally will. And then we'll have to drink. Night's work would have the effect of dissipating instead of adding to the gloomy fancies that now possess you. Make her faint. Good heavens! Cried George. Can you call them fancies, Mister Chillingworth? Oh, good heavens, that was close. That really Have needs to be one, too. George My keeps saying friend, that. I, told you I know, from the first I was just afraid we'd get too drunk. Oh, wait, he's still not believing things. Now. No. One was no. to come and lay hold not. of me by the throat. As long as I could at all gasp for breath, I would tell him he was a damned imposter. Yeah, see? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Back to the insane uh, asylum with you. Yes. Just a vampire wannabe. He's got imposter syndrome for vampires. I most decidedly on this point will not. Then you are one yeah. who would doubt a miracle if you saw it with your own eyes. Oh, uh-oh. I would, because yeah. I do not believe in miracles. It's often that residents of the Nuthouse file their teeth into fine points. Means of accounting for the phenomenon. <laughs> this is throats and being ripped out. that's the very out. reason why we have no miracles nowadays. Between you and I, no prophets and no saints and all that sort of thing. So, I would rather avoid Mr. such observations in such a place as this. Mr. Chillingworth is an atheist. Yeah, hey, do not pretty much. Be moral How coward, scandalous. Cried Mr. Chillingworth. <laughs> In 1845, it was. Right. Of them he would be next. After we stake Varney, we're burning you. I am bewildered quite. Let us now come away. Mr. Marchdale replaced the lid of the coffin 
and then the little party moved toward the staircase. Henry turned before he ascended and glanced back into the vault. "'Oh,' he said, "'if I could but think there had been some mistake, some error of judgment on which the mind could rest for hope.' "'I deeply regret,' <clears throat> said Marchdale, "'that I so strenuously advised this expedition. "'I did hope that from it would have resulted much good.' "'And you have every reason to so hope,' said Chillingworth. "'I advised it likewise, and I tell you that its result perfectly astonishes me, "'although I will not allow myself to embrace at once... <laughs> "'I don't believe it, but I'm astonished by it. it would seem to leave me. "'I am satisfied,' said I'm Henry. "'I'm shocked at the mental pretzels that I have to do this. <laughs> "'The curse of heaven seems now to have fallen upon me and my house.' Oh, nonsense, said Chillingworth. What there's always got to be a Mulder, and there's yes, always got to be a Scully, I guess. Yep, yep. yep. You may depend that heaven would never act so oddly. What do you know, dude? Place, You're an atheist. Curse <laughs> and in the second, it is too unjust to inflict pain where pain is not amply deserved. Oh, well, that'd be Please nice. Oh, so that's how that works. Of the vault. The so I amply deserved to break my arm when I was six. Much saddened, and it was mm. quite evident that their thoughts were far too busy to enable them to enter into any conversation. They did not, and particularly George, seem to hear all that was said to them. What's well, because George is consumptive? Stunned right. by the unexpected circumstance of the disappearance of the body of their ancestor. All along they had, although almost unknown to themselves, felt a sort of conviction that Where's they must the find some remains there he is. of Marmaduke. Well, well, they could check in the daytime, isn't the that when they come back and, you know, nap? Superstitious That's supposedly, that yeah. I mean, I don't know if they've gotten that point in vampire lore, sure. but... He's definitely taking a moon bath right now. Moon bath. Yeah. <laughs> night right now. The it's a marvelous night for a moon bath. I'm going to get the guitar off the wall and we'll have a concert here. <laughs> what had become of it? Where? How? And under what circumstances had it been removed? Had it itself burst the bands that held it and hideously stalked forth into the world again to you know, make one of its probably. inhabitants um, and yep. kept up I've gotten my share of one-star reviews over the years as an audiobook narrator, but there's one of them that I wouldn't trade for anything. It was headlined with one word. Human life, H-I-D-G-E-O-U-S. It was a Lovecraft book, of course. He liked that word a lot. And apparently my pronunciation of the word Rub this person the wrong way. Show him all <laughs> Interesting. Subject to him it's like all my favorite. One or two star reviews said human it was like and all the arguments violent and gory, but not in a good way. Okay. I'm having trouble visualizing that. Yeah. I don't believe it. Mr. Chillingworth's was the only plan. He would not argue the question. He said it once. I will not believe this thing. Upon that point, I will yield to no evidence whatever. Hmm. That was the so only way that's of disposing of totally such a scientific. He's going to but put his fingers in his ears and go la so la 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 yes. la. And not one so much interested. Well, in that's a typical eighteen or no seventeen nineties such a state of mind position. Actually, <laughs> the boards were laid carefully down again. <laughs> I've done a lot of YouTube place. research on this topic. Yes, himself unequal to the task. I actually took a so class on by medical Marchdale history, history of medicine, and everything in the same state in graduate school. To the it's kind of, the of amazing at the bottom of the pew. Then it's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. And with heavy hearts, they all walked toward the window to leave the sacred edifice mm. by the same means they had entered it. Skulking out. Shall we replace the pane of glass? Skulking out of the sacred edifice. Climbing out the window, yeah. Oh, it matters not. It matters not. <laughs> so don't replace the pane of glass. No one will notice. Who cares? I care not what becomes of me. I'm getting weary of a life which oh, bother. Take me to jail. <laughs> you must not allow yourself to fall into you such get a state three of squares. mind as this, said the doctor. Or you will become a patient of mine very quickly. Yep, here we go. I cannot help it. Oh, so he's a loony well, doctor now. <laughs> I'm going to lobotomize you, George. You <laughs> the best way you can. I cannot. Come now, listen to me. We need not, I think, trouble That's ourselves maybe what with happened the pane to him. of glass. So come it along. It could be. 
Mm. He took the arm. Yeah, he's still talking about him anymore because with him a little in advance of the ten, ten days in a madhouse, he, said, he right. went to work for Pulitzer. And he got to get up an obstinate feeling of defiance against little them. operation now, and um, you know occurs, ten days in uncomfortable to me. I endeavor to convince myself, and I have no great difficulty in doing so. I am a decisively injured man. Indeed. Yes, I get very angry, and that gets up a kind of obstinacy which makes me not feel half so much mental misery as would be my portion if I were to succumb to the evil and commence uh-huh. playing. If I believe, it, I just people get, do under the I pretense of being okay. resigned. You wouldn't like Mr. Chillingworth when he's angry. I don't know that, but it is a view of the subject which, it's if okay, I were you, I'm would just only an make asshole. me more obstinate. <laughs> What that guy really kind of was. I sort of hated that show, actually. Beings it was really kind of a physical that... derangement of the ordinary nature of things make themselves obnoxious to living people. And if they are, damn them. There may be vampires, and if there are, I defy them. <laughs> That's really right. easy to do. Well, there's none in the room. <laughs> right, exactly. And what it can in peopling the mind with horrors shrink from nothing. And even then, I would defy them all. I defy my parole officer. For in all we say and in all we do, we act from not here. So mind which is given to uh, us by heaven itself, if uh, heaven which I don't believe intellect in. Right. And the mind right. Of no. order, heaven will not quarrel that it does the work which it was adopted to do. I know these are your opinions. I have heard you mention them before. <laughs> you know what yeah. they say about you opinions, Chillingworth. Yeah. <laughs> because they will stand the test of reason. What I urge upon you is no, not to allow yourself won't. to be mentally prostrated, even mm. if a vampire had paid a visit to your house. Defy him, say I. Fight him. Self-preservation they did. They is shot a great him twice. Yeah. Mm. Planted in all our hearts. Do you summon it to your aid? I will endeavor to think as you would have me. I thought more than once of summoning religion to my aid. Well, that is religion. Indeed. Hmm? I consider it so, and the most rational religion of all. All yes. we read about religion I believe in does not seem Dawkins. To agree with it, you may consider as an allegory. <laughs> the flag spaking mustard <laughs> take you. And will not renounce the sublime truths of scripture. They may be incomprehensible, they may be inconsistent, and some of them may look ridiculous, but still they are sacred and sublime, and I will not renounce them, though my reason may not accord with them, because Uh-oh. they are the laws of heaven. Oh boy, no back away from the third science, rail. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> he is one of those characters in society who hold most dreadful opinions, dreadful. and who would destroy religious beliefs and all of the different sects of the world if they could. And endeavor to introduce instead some horrible system of human reason and horrible system of human reason. But how soon the religious man silences his opponent. So is his name Chillingworth or Nietzsche? His opponent <laughs> yeah. says no more well, on the yeah. subject. He does so because he is disgusted with the stupidity of the other. No, it is because he is completely beaten That's... and has nothing more to say. No, the discussion the with the stupidity option the is usually, in my experience, <laughs> and Mr. Chillingworth, who was a very good man, notwithstanding his disbelief in certain things, going course, straight to hell, but a good guy. Driving the bus, Mr. Marchdale yep. and the brothers, promising to call on the following morning and see Flora. Henry and George then, in earnest conversation with Marchdale, proceeded homewards. It was evident that the scene in the vault had made a deep and saddening impression on them, and one which was not likely easily to be eradicated. Chapter 9. Well, the falls of now. the night at the hall. The second appearance of the vampire. Ooh. Ooh. And the pistol shot. Ah, yes. Another pistol Another shot. Pistol Number shot. four. The full and wow. The consent which Flora had given to her brothers to entrust her solely to the care of her mother and to her own courage at the hall. She you got to have like a spoiler in your chapter title so that people will actually read the chapter. Like, I'm going to skip this one. Oh, a pistol shot. Jesus. <laughs> Here, Urchin, I'll take two. Oh, Flora's going to shoot. No, I wonder if she's going to she's gonna plug George by accident. <laughs> a vampire. <laughs> He'll shoot George's eye out. When she came to consider how poor a guard she was over her It's one of those pirate pistols. It's not a Daisy Red Rider. <laughs> oh man, but if it had been, yeah. well, she, wouldn't, might have been she wouldn't be able shorter. to use it because her tongue would be frozen to the bedstead. 
There was, too, another feeling, which gave her some degree of confidence, although it rose from a bad source, inasmuch as it hmm. was one which showed powerfully how much her mind was dwelling on the particulars of the I keep tuning out to crack wisecracks, and then the, the, the narration says something. I'm like, whoa, what, what, what? <laughs> that consideration was this. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out where we are in the story. from the hall of its We're male inhabitants would be from nine o'clock until eleven. And those were not the two hours during which she felt that she would be most timid on account of the vampire. It was before midnight before, she thought, hmm. when it came. And perhaps it may not be able to come earlier. It may not have the power until that time to make its hideous visits. That's how it probably I works. I myself safe. <clears throat> yeah. She had made up her mind not to go Reasonable. to bed until the return of her brother. <laughs> Let me look at his and Facebook. And her mother sat in <laughs> yeah. Barney, check in at Bannerworth <laughs> Hall. <laughs> had a lattice window that opened onto the lawn. This yeah, I want to see what the relationship status for Vardy is. <laughs> it's complicated. It's complicated, <laughs> definitely. Fastened as securely as their construction would admit of some time before the departure of the brothers and Mr. Marchdale on that melancholy expedition, the object of which, had it been known to her, would have added so much to the terrors of poor Flora. It was not even guessed at, however remotely so that she had not the additional affliction of thinking that while she was sitting there a prey to all sorts of imaginative terrors, they were perhaps gathering fresh evidence as indeed they were of the dreadful reality of the appearance indeed which, they were. but for the collateral circumstances attendant upon its coming and its going, she would fain have persuaded herself was but the vision of a dream. That is a it was prize winning sentence. That's like I'm about forty words. And when she heard ten o'clock sound from a clock which stood in the hall, <clears throat> she felt pleased to think that in another hour they would surely be home. You look more like yourself now. Do I, mother? Yes, you are well again. Look, there on the lawn, uh, boy. <laughs> Time, dear Flora, will enable you to do so, and all the rest of what made you so unwell will pass away. You will soon forget it all. Don't you sneak up on me, Mom! So. Be assured that something, <laughs> or something will occur. We're packing heat I'm proud of her. You go, Flora. Yep. In the ordinary nature of she plugs him, Flora. too. Oh, that's a spoiler. Oh, jeez. Oh, it's a pistol shot. Henry, upon whose judgment I know I can rely to tell me so, and each time that I hear such words from his lips, I will contrive to dismiss some portion of the terror which, now, I cannot but confess, clings to my heart. Flora hmm. laid her hand upon her mother's arm and in a low, anxious tone of so voice So there's a said, whole lot of terror hacking going on here. Yeah. I'm going to think this thing and said. then I'm not going to be scared. What, dear? Within these last ten minutes, said Flora, I have thought three or four times that I heard a slight noise without... Nay, mother, do not tremble. Tappity, tappity, tap, 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 tap. Trembled and was yeah, if you could just like lock the window, because he doesn't seem very adept at opening it anyway. <laughs> so, good evening. Mental suffering. They now conversed in anxious whispers, and almost all they said consisted in anxious wishes for the return of the brothers oh, and Mr. Marchdale. Anxious within like three words of anxious. Assured, it's a pet peeve of mine. Said Mrs. It makes me anxious. <laughs> Shall I ring for the servants? Did they have to be in a room with, with a window? They who are our best safeguards next to heaven return. I mean, I think they hush, all have windows, hush, don't they? Hush, mother. What do you hear? Just in case of a fire, I, thought, I guess. I heard a faint sound. I At least she's not in the room with Marmaduke's Listen, painting. We'll hang out in the pantry. So often. I have now it's just a frame panel of the Sunday the comic. Yeah. Closet. By the <laughs> no, no, that's Clifford. It's oh, <laughs> a wrong big dog. The wrong cartoon dog. Or maybe it's, it's uh, Dinky. Uh, Remember Dinky from those cartoons? <laughs> dinky dog. The Dinky dog. Dinky dog. Oh, kind of, yeah. Any dog that's name is alliteration. Of some of the dinky dog. For she thought that their presence might have the effect of giving a different direction to her child's thoughts. But Flora saw her place a hand upon the bell, and she said, Oh, mother, no, not yet, not yet. Perhaps I am deceived. Mrs. Bannerworth, upon this, sat down. But no sooner had she done so than she heartily regretted she had not mm. rung the bell, for before another word could be spoken there came, too perceptibly upon their ears for there to be any mistake about it, 
A strange scratching noise upon the window outside. It is the Count. He's back from Iowa, where he is counting ballots. Oh, God. One, two, three, four. He wouldn't be back that quick. No, no. No. Then listen and see what was going on. He's, he's on break. Yeah. For a few seconds, he's got to go back and spend the next eight years. Good <laughs> Lord. Figure out whether Pete Buttigieg won. Yeah. Or if it had, it would have been attributed to some natural effect or to the exertions of some bird or animal. Well, by the time you're listening to this, you know the outcome of the Iowa caucus, and we currently do not. That is true. It's like time travel. And these things, which before would have passed completely unheeded at all events without creating much alarm, were now invested with a fearful interest. You when guys actually might, by now, know the outcome of the Vermont whisper, caucus. Said, Mother, you mm. heard it then? Interesting. No. That's right, because that'll be a week from, or a couple weeks. Not. Yeah. And then, suddenly, with a loud clash, the bar, which <gasps> on the inside appeared to fasten the shutters strongly, fell as if by some invisible agency. And the Sacre bleu! The they at least locked the window. The window. That's good. Invisible agency. He must have just cast down. Mage Hand or something. Flap, 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 flap. With her hands, and after rocking to and fro for a moment, she fell off her chair. Oh, there she goes! Ding! Oh, yes! All right. For about the space of time in which a fast speaker could like, count twelve, Chillingsworth needs to be treating that. She has a medical condition. Yes, she found herself. Well, you know what he's going to do? He's going to let more blood out with her eyes. Right. Or he could put it in a dish by the door. Maybe then the vampire would leave Flora alone. That's flesh and blood. No, you do that, then they then they all come. You know, they got a whole yard full of vampires, and it's work, work, work. What if like little vampires? If you give them like a bag of leeches, like little gummies, just a snack. You just pop one in. Glass at the window. They're so cute. Yeah. For some oh. minutes, during which it appeared likewise to Flora that some confusion was going on at another part of the house. For oh, she fancied she heard voices and the banging of doors. Hmm. Well, you don't it have any servants anymore. She so. must have sat looking at the shutters of that window a long time before she saw them shake. And then one wide hinged portion of them <laughs> slowly. Barney's like, oh, wrong house again. Oh. again horror <laughs> yes. appeared to be on the point of producing madness in her brain. And then, as before, a feeling of calmness rapidly ensued. It's like, oh yeah, she wasn't calm before. Was she calm before? By the window. No, but no. this time she's got she pistols. That's right. <laughs> that kind of tends to calm room. your mind. A few moments, however, sufficed to settle that mystery, for the window was opened, and a figure stood before her. She's going to step one back glance, to the wall of blasters and grab some stuff down. And soul was Flora shot first. Yeah. To show That's right. Is it Flora or Reba? Tall form. There was the faded ancient apparel. Come on, Bert! metallic looking eyes. Get the elephant gun down and shoot it! Exhibiting tusk-like <laughs> teeth. Once saw an elephant in my pajamas. Now we got like pajamas. Teeth. I'll yeah. never know. The vampire. It stood for a moment His gazing teeth are at her, and then now. in the hideous way it had attempted before to hideous. speak, it apparently hideous. endeavored to utter some words which it could not make articulate to human ears. Two, the pistols three. Mechanically, she raised one. Elizabeth Warren! No, she's going to shoot him. You go. And then she pulled the trigger. Yeah! A stunning report. Oh, followed. yeah. There was a loud cry of pain. And the Sucks to be you, Varno. <laughs> it's 29 days until the next full moon. Nice shoot, Flora. A crashing sound among the plants outside the window as if it had fallen, but she did not feel quite sure. Actually, 27 days. It was days. no effort of any reflection, but a purely mechanical movement that made her raise the other pistol and discharge oh. that, likewise, in oh, the direction man. the vampire had taken. Take that! Then, One in each hand. Sorry, Henry! She rose and made a frantic <laughs> rush from the room. Double packing! She opened the door and was dashing out when she found herself caught in the encircling arms of someone who either had been there waiting or who had just at that mm, moment it's a got there. Good thing she emptied the both of her pistols. Frankenberry! No! <laughs> some mysterious means had got there and Hit him was on the head. to make her his prey. Booberry was the invisible hand. And she over. sunk into a state of utter insensibility. Wait, what? Oh, she's fainting too? Oh, oh no! All well, right. of course, it's genetic. The return from the vault, the alarm, mm. and the search around the hall. 
That was actually it's a pretty so good end for a chapter. George and Henry yeah. Cliffhanger. Along yeah. Mr. Marchdale had just reached the gate which conducted into the garden we'll of the mansion. When they okay. were all alarmed by the report of a pistol. <laughs> Amid the stillness yeah, of the just, night, it came upon them with we have so another one, sudden but it's a the, shock uh, that they involuntarily paused. It's the rough stuff. The lips of each I just want to make sure if I get attacked by a vampire in my walk to the car that I intoxicate him. Can that be Flora firing at an intruder? Yes, it can. It must be. Cried Henry. She has in her possession no. the only weapons in the house. It's Flora Mr. firing at me. Very <laughs> pale and trembled slightly, but he did not speak. On, you just stand on, there looking cute, Henry. and when something moves, you shoot. On. And there's <laughs> ten stuffed heads in my bound, trophy room right now. <laughs> Two vampires, seven wardens, and a cow. <laughs> Before, however, it was possible for any human speed to accomplish even half of the distance, the report of the other shot came upon his ears, and he even fancied he heard the bullet whistle past oh, his head. Oh, bet you oh, did. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah. proximity. laughs> oh, I've already killed Mother. If only I kill you, I could get the whole family fortune <laughs> and squander it like our ancestors did. Not from which window they were fired. Because oh, see, this is why Flora is not allowed to have like semi-automatic weapons because I think she'd spray and pray, and Henry would be toast. Yep, he was right as regarded the bullet. It was that winged messenger of oh, death. Oh, I thought you were George. Head in such very <laughs> winged messenger proximity. of death. That's not bad. Consequently, he made with tolerable accuracy toward the open window. Oh, I see. Oh, <laughs> that bullet came the from right there. <laughs> as it had been, although even yet it was very far from being a light one. And he was soon enabled to see that there was a room. The Has she got of hold of uh, Mr. Chillingworth's pistols within. too? <laughs> there could be five or six more of those. To his astonishment, the no, first object he beheld bang, was Flora and a stranger who was now supporting her in his arms. <gasps> to grapple him by the throat was the work of a moment. But the stranger <laughs> cried out by the throat. Sounded familiar. <laughs> Good God, are you all mad? Oh, oh there you go. Henry <laughs> relaxed his hold and looked in his face. Gracious heavens, it is Mr. Holland, he said. Oh, yes. a new character? Do you not know me? It's and his opus. Henry Flora's boyfriend. <laughs> oh, is that the guy? And mm -hmm. in doing so, he saw his they mother stretched apparently lifeless upon the floor to raise her Charles. with a moment, and then Marchdale. Okay, so how old is this guy? Because you said Flora was like 14 could. or something. Well, I think she must be older than that. I don't Such know. Strange that, that, that description at the beginning made it sound like she was like a like a tween or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, there was young but Mr. Holland, people aged differently back then. That's right. <laughs> the affianced lover of Flora, supporting her fainting form. Well, she's uh, apparently old enough to be affianced to get hitched. Okay. Floor lay the two pistols and one of the candles, which had been upset in the confusion. Well, it seems to me that the house on fire. if there's vampires skulking around and all you've got is a couple of like looking stupid pirate pistols, what is this? Oh, and you've shot happened? both of them off, one at the vampire and one at your I brother. Not. It's probably a good idea to put Someone more stuff in them so that really you know if, if either one of those seems inclined to resent the act, well, you could do something about it. And he rung it so loudly and so effectually that the two servants who had been employed suddenly upon the other leaving came with much speed to know what was the matter. Oh, the last two servants. mistress, said Henry. She is dead or has fainted. For God's sake, let who One or the other. some account of what has caused her. All so frequently. Bring out your dead. I'll drink to that. Yep. He pointed at Mr. Holland as he spoke, who, before Henry could reply, said, Sir, I may be a stranger to you, as you are to me, yet no stranger to those whose home this is. No, no, said Henry. You are no stranger to us, Mr. Holland, but are thrice welcome. None can be more welcome. Mr. Marchdale, this is Mr. Holland. Thirty-six times welcome. I am proud to know you, sir, said Mr. Marchdale. Sir, what are you doing here you, in the middle of the night? And did you knock? <laughs> it will so happen, but at first sight it appeared as if those two persons had some sort of antagonistic feeling towards each other, which hmm. threatened to prevent effectually their ever becoming intimate friends. Oh, the well, that's too much. The to the servants to know if they could tell him what had occurred was answered in the negative. 
All they knew was they had heard two shots fired, and that since then they had remained where they were. So did he just sneak in? Because that's really not a good idea at 10 o'clock at night. When there's gunshots going off in the house? ...was to wait patiently for the recovery of the mother. Yeah, I think that may be a plot flaw, because, you know, theoretically, it's 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, you should be announced by a servant. You don't just walk in. So would Flora have been, but Mr. Holland, who was supporting her in his arms... He was throwing rocks at her window. Yeah, she's in the wrong room now, so... Uh, There you go, yeah. The horse is running outside. Come on. Maybe think about, you know, like sending a note. I'm going to be there late. Leave the light on. He's holding... He's outside holding a big phonograph above his head. Well, she tied a yellow ribbon to the old oak tree, so he figured it was good. In which she lay and opening her beautiful eyes, she knocked them three upon his times face. on the she ceiling. She opened her beautiful oh, eyes. Just, just beautiful, not celestial anymore. No. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> I'll drink to it anyway. <laughs> sure. A flood of tears and clung to him like some terrified child to its only friend in the whole wide world. Mm. Oh, my dear friends, cried Charles Holland, do not deceive me. Has Flora been ill? We have all been ill, said George. All ill? Uh, I am nearly oh. mad, exclaimed Henry. Holland looked from one to the other in surprise as well he might, nor was that mm. surprise at all lessened when Flora made an effort to extricate herself from his embrace as she exclaimed, You must leave, you must leave me, you must leave me, Charles, forever. Oh, never, never look upon my face again. I belong to I, another now. I <laughs> said Charles. Leave me now continued Flora. Before it's everlastingly too late! But I cannot, I dare not now be yours. Is this a dream? Oh, would it were. Charles, if we had never met you would be happier. I could not be more wretched. Flora, Flora, do you say these words of so great cruelty to try my love? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. My judge, I do not. Gracious heaven, then, what do they mean? Flora shuddered, and Henry, coming up to her, took her hand in his tenderly as he said, Has it been again? It has. You shot it? I fired full upon it, Henry, but it fled. It did. It did fly. It did, Henry, but it will come again. It will surely come again. Well, fine, shoot it again. Jeez. If he flew away this time, why was he bouncing away last time? I think I must have hit it, unless I am mad. Charles Holland looked from one to the other with such a look I mean, it was hard to tell my eyes were closed. George remarked it and said it once to him. Mr. Holland, a full explanation is due to you, and and you shall have it. You seem to be the only rational person here. Except for, like, arriving in the middle of the night with no notice. Walking in like you own the place. Said Henry. He doesn't exclude himself from that. It's just George. Charles, said Flora. From this moment, mind, I do release you from every vow, from every promise made to me of constancy and love. And if you are wise, Charles, and will be advised, you will now this moment leave this house, never to return to it. Before I drink your blood! (laughs) I love you, Flora. I have come to say all that which in another clime I said with joy to you. When I forget you, let what troubles may oppress you. May God forget me, and my own right hand forget to do me honest service. Oh, no more, no more, sobbed Flora. Yes, much more, if you will tell me of words which will be stronger than others in which to paint my love, my faith, and my constancy. Oh, boy. Be prudent, said Henry. Say no more. Nay, upon such a theme I could speak forever. You may cast me off, Flora, but until you tell me you love another, I am yours until oh, the death. And then with a sanguine hope at my heart that we shall meet again, never, dearest, to part. Flora sobbed bitterly. Oh, she said, this is the unkindest blow of all. This is worse than all. Unkind, echoed Holland. Heed her not, said Henry. She means not you. <laughs> oh, no, no. She cried, Farewell, Charles. Put down the shovel and stop digging. (laughs) He exclaimed with animation. It is the first time such music has met my ears. It must be the last. No, no, oh, no. For your own sake, I shall be able now, Charles, to show you. Chris, can we reach the backup bottle? Not by casting me from you. Yes, even so. I think I can do it with the headphones on. I was kind of. 
I think so. She held up her oh, hands you're unplugged. And added in an excited no. voice, the curse of destiny is upon me. And that was and the end of Chris. Out as one lost in a crest. Oh, horror, horror! Would that I were dead. Charles staggered back a pace or two until he came to a table at which he clutched for support. Oh, what I miss? What I miss? He He's clutching tables. Yeah. Is is she mad or am I? Tell him that I am mad, Henry, <laughs> cried Flora. Do not, oh, do not make his lonely thoughts Henry, tell him this. Tell Henry, him. I'm not talking to him. You talk to him. Tell you tell him Holland. to pass the salt. All right, Henry, tell Flora that I, I said. <laughs> George, stay with Flora for a time. Come, come, Mr. Holland, you ought to. She passes him a little note work. with two little boxes to, to check yes or no. Do you <laughs> believe in vampires? <laughs> yes. Do not no. the wildest freak of your imagination guess that I have now to tell you. Never was a mortal man so utterly bewildered by the events of the last hour of his existence. Well, that's what you get when you drop in on your honey at 11.45 expecting... He had arrived... Well, he didn't get shot. Never so bewildered. Oh, my. There's gunfire ringing out. People are yelling and screaming. And there's something flapping around the gables. I think it's a great time to pay a call on my be girlfriend. Well, might he He's more bewildered he than the other guys that found well, a vampire over their sister. You know, whatever. <laughs> and now, as after a long, lingering look of affection upon the pale, suffering form of Flora, he followed Henry from the room. His thoughts were busy in fancying a thousand vague and wild imaginations with respect to the communication which was promised to be made to him. Hmm. But as Henry had truly said to him, not in the wildest freak of his imagination could he conceive of anything near the terrible strangeness and horror of that which he had to tell him. And yeah. consequently, he found himself... He was thinking maybe zombie. ...in a small private room. Uh, wrong movie. ...from the domestic yeah. part yeah. of the hall to the full and as bewildered estate as he had been from the first. Chapter 11. Werewolf. There. The communication there with the lover. There, castle. The heart's despair. Consternation hearts despair. is pathetic, and anyone who had looked upon the features oh, of Charles going to be a romance chapter. He was seated with well, Henry Bannerwood in expectation of a communication. Just a, a philosophy break. He did say that. Yeah. All the dearest and most fondly cherished hopes Oof. forever would scarcely have recognized in him the same young man. And now a word from our sponsor. Before had knocked so Prozac. So full of joyful <laughs> hope and expectation at the door of the hall. But so it was. He knew Henry Bannerworth too well to suppose that any unreal cause could blanch his cheek. He knew Flora too well to imagine for one moment that Caprice had dictated the... Is Prozac right for you? Ask Dr. Chillingworth. Dr. Chillingworth. Yes. Happier would it at that time have been to Charles Holland had she <laughs> Three out of four vampires agree that blood thinners are the way to go. Two <laughs> hearts devotion had been cast at the feet of one unworthy of so really noble a gift. Hmm. Pride would then have enabled him, no doubt, to successfully resist the blow. A feeling of honest and proper indignation at having his feelings trifled with would no doubt have sustained him. But alas, the case seemed to be widely different. Hmm. Yeah, don't trifle with my feelings. implored him to think of her no more, no longer to cherish in his breast the fond dream of affection which had been its guest so long. Are you checking the but illustrations? The yeah, two years, man. So brought along with it an irresistible conviction oh. that she was making a noble a long sacrifice of her own feelings for him. From some cause which was involved uh, in the profoundest a, uh, mystery. But now he was to hear all. Henry the, had the promised to tell of, him. Of the and vampire. As he into his okay. pale but Ooh. handsomely intellectual face, he half dreaded the disclosure he yet panted to hear. Tell me all, Henry. Tell me all, he said. <laughs> it's Marmaduke again. Now I think I this have is no reservations with you. I think this is how he met her. Yeah, when she was falling off the cliff. Yeah. Prepare yourself for the strangest revelation you ever heard. Indeed. He looks pretty feminine himself. One which in him you may well doubt. And one which I hope you will never find the opportunity of verifying. That's it. She she wants him to go away because she prefers a real man. Ah. You heard with what a frantic vehemence Flora desired to think no more of her? 
I did. I really want to figure out what that scene is that you showed me earlier. Which one? The one with the the two women in bed and the guy walks in on them? I don't remember that one. That is... Impossible. That Flora Nothing and her mom? Possibly I, that's what I'm thinking, but it, it, for Flora. it was far enough along that I'm not sure. All changes, all and here we have Tomb Robbery. Ah, see, the addition that we have here on the table is uh, got some awesome pencil drawings from you, that you look like they're, are these the originals? They're woodcuts, yeah. Did you ever come across uh-huh. anything about vampires? Okay. Vampires. Oh, oh, vampires. Yeah, telling Charles. Uh, cried Charles, drawing the scans. forward a little. That's about cool. What? I you uh, may well doubt the evidence of your own ears, Charles okay. Holland, uh, and wish me to repeat that which I said. I say, do you know anything about vampires? Vampires. Charles Holland looked curiously <laughs> in Henry's face, and the latter immediately added, I can guess what is passing in your mind at present, and I do not wonder at it. You think I must be mad? I must well, be mad. Well, Henry, mad. extraordinary question. I knew it. I knew it. I knew Why it. you, I should hesitate to believe the tale. You think I'm crazy? We have every reason to believe that one member of our own family is one of those horrible preternatural beings. It's George. Vampires. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> God, Henry, can you allow your judgment for a moment to stoop to such a superstition? That's what I have asked myself a hundred times. There's a good God there, sorry. All right. The judgment, the food, I was in shock. And all the prejudices natural and acquired must succumb to actual Look at all the ordnance on the floor. Listen to me and do not interrupt me. You shall know Apparently that's uh, Charles Holland arriving and supporting her as she's fainting. Having God. dropped, all having dropped like an entire arsenal brace of pistols. Of pistols. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there they are, yeah. She was about to leave the room. And now, he said, in give that girl a Gatling gun for Christmas. Well, yeah, she's a good shot. Maybe Flora has three arms. We don't know. We never got a good description besides the eyes. And beyond that, the servant, who has seen something of the horrible visitor. You bewilder me utterly, said Charles Holland. As we are all bewildered. But, gracious heaven, it cannot be. It is. No, no. There is, there must yet be some dreadful mistake. Can you start any supposition by which we can otherwise explain any of the phenomena I have described to you? No. If you can, for heaven's sake, do so, and you will find no one who will cling to it with more tenacity than I. Any other species well, maybe of wild right. supernatural yeah. appearance oh, won't believe it. But this, to my perception, <laughs> yeah. is it, it could be biting my neck, and I would disagree. Too much at variance with all we see and he know totally the did it, but nature. he didn't it is so. do it. All that we have told ourselves. Oh wait, I'm, I'm talking about something else, aren't I? <laughs> reason at once struck down by the brief words of "We have seen it." I would doubt my eyesight. One might, but many cannot be laboring under the same delusion. My friend, yeah, man. I pray you. There's the ambassador to Ukraine. The there's uh, such a dreadful thing as <laughs> Jordan Sondland. There's now you're really dating this episode. <laughs> they, people listening to this are sitting through the third impeachment. Okay, that's right. Perfect honor. Now consider yourself free from all engagements you have entered into with Finally, get around to prosecuting him for um. No. That thing with the intern. Never mind. Jaywalking. Such a family. Oh, Henry Bannerworth, can you suppose me so dead to all good feeling, so utterly lost to honorable impulses as to Sorry, eject from my heart uh, who up the has nose. possession of yeah. entirely on such ground as this? You would be justified, coldly justified in prudence I might be. There are a thousand circumstances in which a man may be justified in a particular course of action, and that course yet may be neither honorable nor just. I love Flora, and were she tormented by the whole of the supernatural world, I should still love her. Oh May boy! Becomes then a Careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah, no, don't be, to uh, don't be sending invitations to the Nazgul. <laughs> oh, I cannot, of course, refuse. That ring you got her for her wedding was the wrong one. But remember, if we are compelled, despite all our feelings... Stuck it on her finger and she hauled ass! ...in the existence of vampires, why may we not at once perceive as the truth all that is recorded of them? To what do you allude? To this, the one who has been visited by a vampire, and whose blood has formed a horrible repast for such a being, becomes, after death, one of the dreadful race. Uh-oh. We better kill her and find out. 
Now this must this be kind of like rabies. Is this is this vampirism or rabies? <laughs> indeed, said Henry. I don't get it. Oh, that you could by some means satisfy yourself that I am mad. There may be insanity in this family, thought Charles. <laughs> I'm thinking. No kidding. That he groaned aloud. Already, hmm. added Henry mournfully. Already the blighting influence of the dreadful tale is upon you, Charles. Well, they already had a Only suicide, so. my advice to Flora's entreaties. She well, loves you, and we all esteem uh-oh. you. Fly I, then from us. I married into the Jesse James family, so I can relate. From us, <laughs> take with you our best you think I'm kidding? I'm not. You cannot know I think I remember you telling me Never. that before. <laughs> cried Charles. Second cousin. Uh-huh. I will not play the coward. Well, and don't you adjust any of those pictures on, on the wall grounds, with me behind you. <laughs> Henry could not speak for emotion for several minutes, and when at length in a faltering voice he could utter some words, he said, God of heaven, what happiness is marred by these horrible events? What have we all done to be the victims of such a dreadful act of vengeance? Hmm. Henry, do not talk it's in called that original way. sin, Henry. Yeah. <laughs> Rather, let us bend all our energies to overcoming Better the have evil Chillingsworth explain it. He's yeah, so emotionally invested. <laughs> I cannot even yet give in to a belief in the existence no, of such a being no, as you say. No, I won't. Flora. I won't. But the evidences. Look you here. Damn the evidence. I am convinced <laughs> that some things have happened which it is totally impossible could happen by any means any human means, whatever, I will not ascribe them to supernatural influence. Ah, I got another one. But what oh, human means, yes. Charles, could produce yep. what I have now narrated I think the you. only people that, like, I do not know, immediately believed present. were the but servants, the because, of course, they're uneducated, so they're just like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> well, Marchbanks was you down. Know, well, yeah, Marchdale, yeah. yeah. Marchdale, yeah. yeah. All that it contains. Well... He had the books. But he kept saying, like, oh, I say it, but I can't believe it as I say it. Okay, good point. Certainly not. He was of just hedging his bets. careful to say nothing which can add to her fears. Henry, she can't down. believe he missed a shot. Believe me. <laughs> you say that I shall never George, pull a trigger Mr. again. With yourself and this Mr. Marchdale, all have been cognizant of the circumstances. This Mr. Marchdale. Of them, you permit me to hold free communication upon. <laughs> How lucky we were that Marchdale was Most in the house. Certainly. Yes. I will do so then. Keep in mother's heart, room. In Coincidence. of some of its hideous aspect. Hidges. I am rejoiced, if anything can rejoice me now, said Henry, to see you view the subject with so much philosophy. Hooray. Why, said Charles, you made a remark of your own which enabled me in viewing the matter in its very worst and most hideous aspect to gather hope. What was that? I'm glad we're not drinking. such a weight of evidence in favor of a belief in the existence of vampires that we are compelled to succumb to it, we might as well believe all the popular feelings and superstitions. Yeah, might as well. Otherwise. I mean, sure. I did. When there's one. But where is the mind to pause when once we open it to the reception of such things? Next we're going to go with well, the... Uh, if that is the case... Chupacabra is coming next. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Catch it. I mean, if we yes, believe in them all, it leads to Dracula versus the Wolfman. This species and... <laughs> of being is not like an apparition that may be composed <clears throat> of thin air and utterly impalpable to the human touch, but it consists of a revivified Could you pour me some of the bottom shelf stuff? Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> then it is tangible and destructible. By heaven, if ever I catch a glimpse of any such thing, it shall drag me to its it's home. Like Amontillado flavored Kool Aid. Okay, well, I mean, oh, if it was the same color, you could have oh, lied to me, and I probably wouldn't have noticed. You when you do. You'll notice. You have no idea how the warm <laughs> oh, oh, Lord, will here we go. Curdle in your veins, and how you will be paralyzed in every room. out of the good stuff. You feel well. So? I did. I will endeavor it to make kind of Kool-Aid-ish. such feelings. Yeah. The love of Flora shall enable me to vanquish Good them. Good God. Thank you, it will come in tomorrow. <laughs> oh, did, we, uh, did I miss one? Okay. <laughs> it may. We must arrange among no, us all. Chris was commenting on the quality of the hooch. Oh, yeah. Without completely Close prostrating enough. our health and strength, we'll always provide that someone shall be up all night and on the alert. I'm going to be it really be chapped if nobody says the Flora very grave in this entire three I know. <laughs> chapters. Some intrepid and well-armed That's protector weird. who is not only himself prepared to defend her, herself, who can in a moment give an alarm to us all in the case of necessity requiring. Yeah, she's doing just, just fine, man. give her yeah, an extra three or four pistols. To seize a vampire, said Henry. One you, guys bang, you, guys bang. Yeoman, you guys are bang. You guys are a yeoman family. You can afford a bunch of pistols. She's shot before she fainted. Destruction. So as to render it no longer a scourge to anyone. Charles, Charles, are you jesting with me, or do you really give any credence to the story? 
My dear friend, I always make it a rule to take things at their worst, and then I cannot be disappointed. Hmm. I am content to reason. See, I keep wondering if we're at the point where George disappears because I won't know until he's just not mentioned anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. You are right. If it should turn out that there I is think, an error, I think George fight, makes well it to good. about we chapter thirty. But okay. if otherwise we are prepared and armed at all points. Mm. Let it be so then. Especially Flora's it points. Me, Charles, that you will be <laughs> the coolest and the calmest among us all on the emergency. Oh, but the hour now waxes late. I will get them to prepare a chamber for you, and at least tonight, after what has occurred already, I should think we can be under no apprehension. Probably still, not. has anybody asked him what he's doing there? If you would allow me to sleep in that room where <laughs> right. the portrait hangs. Why were you here tonight, to Charles? I should oh. Oh. Like walking in without <laughs> knocking. Yes, I am not one who courts danger for danger's sake, but I would rather occupy that room to see if the vampire, who perhaps has a partiality for it, will pay me a visit. <laughs> let's put him in. Please, Charles, let's put him in drag too. So. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Nothing has been, I believe, removed from it. You will let me then, while I remain here, call it my room? Assuredly. Mine? 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 Yes. Mine? Made to the surprise of all the household. Not one of whom would indeed have slept or attempted to sleep there for you any amount. You can't sleep of there, Nemo! Yeah. Charles Holland had his own. Yeah, the, the movie my son refers to as Ocean. He was conducted oh, to so it in the course when of he sees it on Disney Plus, Ocean, Ocean. If I was over on Lunders Hill where kisses I've had a plenty, with my sword and a pistol by my side, I'd fight for the life of Think, I was thinking about this uh, since the last time we recorded, and we were talking about whether or not if Varney drank from a drunk person, if he would get intoxicated, and it made me think of the experiment where they gave the spiders different drugs, and then they have the pictures of what their webs look like, and oh. it's like spiders on LSD, <clears throat> spiders on marijuana, and huh. I really want to see that with um, vampires. <laughs> with vampires. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a potential uh, well, story idea. What do vampires and, uh, build? Like... Gothic castles? No, yeah. it would I mean, be. We wouldn't see any construction, maybe, but just their behavior. <laughs> we'd we'd give them. We'd give them the 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 tests. We'd we'd can you know can you stand and touch your fingers? Oh, to there your we nose? go. Yeah, uh, we could give uh, a sobriety uh, test. Yes. <laughs> Instead of uh, doing the alphabet backwards, they just have to count backwards. So <laughs> yes. can they? Can they? Uh, Nine, eight, seven, six, five, five. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I turn into half a bat. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I can't get the wings yeah. right. <laughs> Did you invite me in or not? I can't remember. Forget the neck. I want Cheetos. Cheetos. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well, that's a wrap come, for this Come to me, food. darling. Oh, your Cheetos fingers are disgusting. Go away. <laughs> no, you brought the wrong kind of steak. <laughs> Quite right. Well, that's a wrap for this week's edition of GDT3K, the Gothic Dreadful Theater 3000 show. Look for another life-giving sip from the sylvan font of Gothic Dreadfulness that is James Malcolm Reiner's, Reimer's classic Varney the Vampire. Okay, so we did what we did before was 8, 9, I have 10, no idea 11. We, we must have, because yes. this says we're doing chapters 12 through 14 next time. Yeah, we're doing a bunch of chapters. Right. It's like about an hour's worth of stuff. I have no freaking idea. But it's coming at you on our favorite day of the year. This is the death day of H.P. Lovecraft and Julius Caesar and Finn's Facebook birthday. Happy the Ides of March. Happy birthday to me. March 15th, 2020. Yes. This podcast, by the way, is by Pulplet Productions in collaboration with Dark Tidings Press. For details or to browse our respective catalogs, hit us up at darktidingspress.com or pulp-lit.com. Speaking of which, if you're into this podcast, you're probably our kind of people, which means that you should join me as a uh, subscriber to the Dark Tidings Press newsletter and get a free novella from this guy um, who... Just can't wait to give them out. Um, and there's, cool. a cu- there's several of them to choose from. I actually have them in hardcover, too. So um, they've also got a horror comic available, which you should check out on, on Webtoon. It's called Discordia, which is free and awesome, and you should totally check it out because 
Why not? It's totally horrific. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Also, over at Pulp Dash Lit Productions, horrific is the very lit. grave. Magically horrific. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a single very grave reference. No, this you time didn't. Around. You picked the wrong no, one. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, they, they, the uh, collective, they, Finn is uh, finishing putting up finishing touches on a complete collection of the early short stories of Agatha Christie's. Hercule Perot. Look for that on audible.com sometime before the end of this month. This podcast is covered by a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial 4.0 international license, except for the theme music, which is used by permission. Speaking of which, our theme music is a traditional English ballad called Georgie by $4 Shoe, an old-time mountain music fiddle band out of Seattle. And there's more where that came from at $4Shoe.com. That is the number $4, D-O-L-L-A-R, shoe.com. I think those guys are actually at the Cowboy Poetry Festival in Nevada right now as we're recording this. But huh, by that's the time cool. by the time you hear this, it, it will have been a, a long distant memory. But unfortunately, it's it's in Nevada and I'm not, so I wasn't able to go. But it sounds like a oh, really good road time. trip. Baxter Black and oh, we're, four dollars. Okay, shoe. we're we're taking this group on the road next yeah. time. Yep. If we could possibly get those bozos to do it sometime when we're not all you know shackled to our oars that would be awesome get some sponsorships yeah yeah there you go well that is it for tonight's episode of the gothic dreadful theater 3000 podcast we will be back in your ear holes in a couple of weeks and that will be on the ides of march until then all right i'm still looking for a tagline how's this stay classy bannerworth hall no, that one's taken too, isn't it? Okay, well, see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye.